0: Good morning. All right, so uh, a few things before the sermon again today, as was mentioned, there is a new logo. Uh, this was by the approval of the elders, and I proposed it to those who were there Wednesday night, so if you did not get your vote in, it's too late. Uh, uh, that is the logo, whether you like it or not. Uh, as you can see, it's it's kind of like a, an off-white, and then the text and the Bible there is like a it's nice forest green and I didn't even know that in Earl springs the colors were like a, a forest green and gold so I guess that works out yeah anyway and then along with this new logo um, I' I've set or I'm setting a vision for the congregation okay and now we, unfortunately we don't have the slides up but the vision comes from second Corinthians chapter 12 verse. Nine, where it says, "My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness." And so, the vision statement that I want to set for you all is, "God's power is made perfect in our weakness." Right? And so, why why do I think this is a good vision for the congregation? Well, I've been made aware of a little bit what y'all have gone through. Right? I could imagine that a lot of you might feel weak, right? Uh, based on what has happened here, what has transpired, you might feel not good enough. And so there it is. There's the verse. And you'll see that on Facebook. You'll see the new logo on Facebook. And so I think this vision is appropriate for this church. And I also think it's appropriate for the community, right? We're, uh, this is a smaller community um, that goes without saying. And so I can imagine there's a lot of people here who don't feel like they can make that much of an impact. Right? We're a small town. Uh, how can we make an impact? Well, I think we can. Uh, You might think being a small town is a weakness, but no, I think God can do tremendous things in this community and in this church. And that being said, along with the new logo, uh, there is also going to be, I don't like saying business cards, but business cards that will have the logo, have my information, have the church's information on it, and those are coming in tomorrow. So soon we'll be able to hand those out, and I'll give you all some if you want to hand some out uh, last week, before I look to the sermon, I will say, this sermon is kind of setting that vision. Right? It centers around it, and I plan on doing a sermon series. So this is starting the sermon series. The sermon series is based on that vision statement. And essentially what we're going to do is each week we're going to take a character from Scripture, right? And we're going to look at how God's power was made perfect in the weakness. And so we'll begin that series. I don't know how long it's going to go, so we shall... C. Now for the sermon. As I referenced in my, uh, my last sermon, it was in the 9th and 10th grade that my, my injuries in soccer started to pile up. Right? Uh, the, the trainers didn't really know what was going on. One thing you got to know about me, I used to love playing <coughs> soccer. All right, I, was play, I played soccer uh, from the age of 4 and on to like the 10th grade. I loved playing soccer. And then, as with all kids, you know, you have that dream of becoming a professional sports player for whatever sport you like, you know. That's all kids, right? And, you know, maybe when I was 11 and 12, that was what I wanted. Uh, Of course, that did not happen. Now, truthfully, I was, I think I was pretty good. I think I was pretty good. Now, this is not a brag. Keep in mind, my soccer playing days are over. Certainly not a brag. Uh, there was one time in one year when I was on a team and the coach, he essentially just said to me, hey, just take the ball, go down the field and score. Essentially he's saying, don't pass. I was like, wow, yeah, I feel good. I feel, I'm the best person on the team. That wasn't saying much. It was a pretty bad team. One, maybe one game. Anyway, so I was really not much of help. That being said, the next year I was on a team with this one kid who was crazy good. He was so good. He once like scored 13 goals in a game. It was like 17 to 2 or something like that. He scored most of the goals, and this dude, even though he was crazy good, he's not not even playing professional soccer at this point, crazy good, and if he could do it, I certainly could not have done that, right, so what I want you to know is I just loved soccer, I love soccer, but then the injuries, they kept piling on, and I knew I had to change my direction a little bit, right. See, I wanted to play soccer professionally when I was like 11 or 12 because of the money, right? You know, as with a lot of kids, they have to scream of making money, too. Uh, and then during my 19th and 10th grade years, I realized, you know, I can't do that. You know, that's not that's not a realistic expectation. And so I chose something a little more realistic. Engineering. It's like, oh, no, you know what? Why not be an engineer? I can still make a good bit of money, so why not be an engineer? And that was my plan for high school. I was going to play soccer throughout, 9th through uh, 12th grade, and... I was going to study engineering and then eventually go to college for engineering. But, of course, that plan changed. And that plan changed with full credit due to God. All right, when I was getting injured, as I said, the trainers didn't know what was going on. They said, maybe it's a bruised bone, but that wasn't it. And then finally, my sixth grade year, I got an MRI. Uh, and they discovered that I actually was dislocating my kneecap every single time I was injured. And the reason I didn't, but the trainers did know, the reason I didn't know was because every time it would snap back into place on its own. So I never saw it dislocated, which thankfully I didn't have, kind of horrible to see that happen. But anyway, it, it was really bad, and the, the doctor said, hey look Aaron, if you keep playing soccer, if you keep injuring yourself like this, you're going to develop arthritis. I was like, oh, okay. So I, I quit soccer, um, you know, I, I reevaluated evaluated my My direction. I had surgery. I went through months of rehab. I got to tell you, I was bitter. Keep in mind that Michaela and I we started dating my tenth year, tenth grade year in high school, Uh, and she can tell you how bitter I was, how angry I was. After all, soccer was the thing I loved most. It was the thing I loved to do most in my childhood, and now it was gone. I was so bitter, and I was so weak, physically, literally weak, and emotionally weak. But here's the thing about weakness, God's power can be made perfect, and see, I know for a fact every single one of you in here have felt weak or have been weak in your life. Call it what you may, weak, inadequate, or not good enough lacking in some way. We all have felt weak, and we all have been weak. You know what? There's a spiritual giant. He, he in fact, acknowledges his weakness in Scripture. This is the Apostle Paul, a person who calls himself chief of sinners, a person who is well aware of his weakness, and a person who is well aware of God's ability to perfect his power in his weakness. But how exactly is power made perfect in weakness? That kind of sounds like an oxymoron, right? Power made perfect in realness. That doesn't make sense to us. After all, we're Americans, right? We are lovers of power, plenty, and prestige. We want the best military. We want the best economy. We just want to be the best at everything. Why? Because if we're the best, then we don't think we are weak. If we do everything in our power, we think we can avoid weakness. We become We become so. Self- relying to become self-sustaining and we become self-ish. You see, we as a people were truly weak when we try to do things exclusively by our own power. We're the most weak when we do not acknowledge our weakness. Let me tell you something. Before my surgery, before the rehab, before any of that, I did not acknowledge that it was I was self-reliant. I thought I was self-sustaining. I was just really so weak. And it wasn't until that I acknowledged my weakness that God's power worked tremendously in my life. And this is what the apostle Paul does so in 2 Corinthians chapters ten through twelve. You see, Paul in these chapters he defends his ministry. There were these false apostles, Paul calls them super-apostles, ironically, of course, and these apostles, they would boast of themselves. They were all about their capabilities, their abilities, their prowess. They were preaching for themselves, and their preaching apparently started to affect the Corinthians. The Corinthians were being taught a gospel, a different gospel, rather than the gospel. And Paul he addresses this in 2 Corinthians 11, and so Paul, defends his ministry and interestingly, interestingly enough, he doesn't appeal to mighty works, you know, things that would display power. Instead, he points to things that can be considered weaknesses. And so the text says in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, 2 Corinthians chapter eleven verses sixteen through thirty-three. I repeat, let no one think me foolish. But even if you do, accept me as a fool, so that I too may boast a little. What I am saying with this boastful confidence, I say not as the Lord would, but as a fool. Since many boast according to the flesh, I too will boast. For you gladly bear with fools, being wise yourselves. For you you bear it with someone makes... For you bear it if someone makes slaves of you or devours you or takes advantage of you or puts heirs or or strikes you in the face. To my shame, I must say, we were too weak for that. But whatever anyone else dares to boast of, I am speaking as a fool. I also dare to boast of that. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they offspring of Abraham? So am I. Are they servants of Christ? I am a better one. I am talking like a madman. With far greater labors, far far more imprisonments, far with countless beatings and often near death. Five times I received the hand of of the Jews, the 40 lashes was one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned, three times I was shipwrecked. A night and day I was gripped at sea on frequent journeys in danger from rivers, danger from robbers, danger from my own people, danger from Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brothers, and toil and hardship through many a sleepless night, and hunger and thirst, often without food, and cold and exposure. And apart from other things, there is the daily pressure on me of my anxiety for all the churches. who is weak, and I am not weak who is made to fall, and I am not indignant. If I must boast, I will boast of the things that show my weakness. The God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, who is blessed forever, knows that I am not lying. At Damascus, the governor under King Aretas was guarding the city of Damascus in order to seize me, but I was let down in a basket through a window in the wall and escaped his hands. Notice that Paul points to things that exclusively would make him weak. Imprisonments, beatings, persecutions. Right, the world would say these things would make somebody weak. The world would say that these things take away power. Will not Paul? These things are, in fact, several things that God's power is made perfect in, and Paul willingly acknowledges. You see, for God's power made perfect in your weakness, you have to acknowledge you are weak, and you have to acknowledge you need him. Keep in mind there were these false apostles. They were boasting of themselves. There was no focus on the gospel. They were just focused on earthly things. They were just focused on their abilities. They did not recognize their weakness, and They did not recognize their need of God. And so Paul, he acknowledges the very things that make him weak notice what he doesn't bring up. Paul doesn't boast of any specific miracles. He has plenty of those. Miracles so amazing that even handkerchiefs of his could heal somebody. But I think we know why Paul wouldn't mention that here. Because those miracles are from God. Paul knows fully well that those are not his miracles. Those are God's miracles. Let me tell you all something. Um, The compliments you have given me this past week after last Sunday sermon, they're appreciated. They're appreciated, but don't think of me more than you should. Please do not think of me more than you should. As I've heard once my friend Andrew Fidel once say, he said, I I don't want you leaving church saying, Wow, what an amazing preacher. I want you to leave church saying, Wow, what an amazing God. Uh, I mentioned this this morning in class. I want you to understand that uh, there, there's a lot of people with gifts in life. Whether it be teaching, whether it be preaching, whether it be counseling, there are a lot of people with gifts in life. But understand this those gifts are not because of themselves. They did not bring those gifts upon themselves. No, God gave them those gifts. And as I said this morning, if you looked at me when I was a child, when I was growing up, you would not have said, "Oh, that child's going to be a preacher or something. This ability, this this ability to preach, this ability to teach, this is not because of me. And I am deadly serious. This is not because of me. Because, quite frankly, the past me has died, and God has raised somebody new. God has given me gifts, and all I said was, "Here I am, God, use me." All I said. Here I am, and all of my weakness. And that's kind of what Paul says to the his ministry. Here I am, God, in all of my weakness. And he continues to talk about his weakness in chapter 12. Chapter 12, verses 1 through 10 say this. I must go on boasting, though there is nothing to be gained by it. I will go on to visions and revelations of the Lord. I, I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up into the third heaven, whether In the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And I know that this man was caught up into paradise. Whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And he heard things that cannot be told, which man may not utter. On behalf of this man, I will boast. But on my own behalf, I will not boast except of my weakness. Though if I should wish to boast, I would not be a fool, for I I would too be speaking of the truth, but I refrain from it, so that no one may think more of me than he sees in me or hears from me, so to keep me from becoming conceited, because of the surpassing greatness of revelations, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. Three times I pleaded with the Lord, this that it should lead me, but he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. the sake of Christ, then I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, and persecutions, and calamities. When I am weak, then I am strong. Now, I know there's a lot here, like, what is this stuff about being caught up in the third heaven? Well, to touch on that briefly, you see that the third heaven was viewed as God's dwelling place. In Hebrew cosmology, there were three different heavens that subscribe in Scripture. There was, of course, the atmosphere, that was considered a heaven. And then past the atmosphere where the stars are, they considered that a heaven. And then further still, there was God's dwelling place, the third heaven. Now, if you want to see where that comes from, you can talk to me later. And that being said, I think part of what Paul is getting at here is that he would rather boast of heavenly things than earthly things. In contrast to these super apostles who were boasting of themselves, they were boasting of earthly things. Paul wants to boast of heavenly things. But what I really want to focus on is Paul's born in his flesh. As he describes it, a messenger from Satan to harass me to keep me from becoming conceited. Now that's strange, isn't it? What is it? What is this thorn? Well, truthfully, we don't know. Paul doesn't explicitly come out and say what this thorn is, but one thing is for sure. This thorn caused Paul to be weak. This thorn caused Paul to recognize his need for God's grace. So whether this is some sin struggle or whether this is some physical ailment, Paul recognized his need for God's grace, and that's a principle that can apply to us all. We all need God's grace because we are all sinners and we all need God's grace because of the spiritual physical ailment we all have in common, right? Death. See, you got to ask yourself the questions. What are you going to die in? If you're going to die in your sins or are going to die in Christ? See, Paul, he recognized his need for God's grace whether it was for some sin or whether it was for some Physical elements. God recognized his need for, his, for God's grace, and he recognized his weakness. And so for God's power to be made perfect in you, you need to do this. You need to recognize your weakness, and then you need to recognize God's grace, because we are all desperately in need of that grace. Because without that grace, you are going to die in your sin. Without that grace, his power will not be made perfect in your weakness. And so once you've acknowledged your weakness, once you've acknowledged your need for his grace, well, then you can be content. You can be content knowing that his power will be made perfect in you. You can be content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. You can be content knowing that you'll be caught eternally to dwell with God one day as Paul received a foretaste of that eternal dwelling. Let me tell you all about somebody by the name of Boucher, of Balthasar Hubmeyer, he was a uh, Anabaptist and a theologian of the late 1400s and early 1500s now. An Anabaptist was somebody, he was a Protestant, and was somebody who believed that whoever was baptized had to be able to believe. And so Balthasar Hubmeyer, one of the many Protestants who were being imprisoned and even killed by the Catholic Church at the time. Now, please don't misunderstand me. I'm not bashing the Catholic Church. But it is a reality that during this time, the Catholic Church would arrest so many Protestants and kill them. And so Balsafar Hutmire, he he, he believes in freedom in Christ. That was one of the big uh, motivators of the Protestant church when it began, that they believed in freedom in Christ, not in some church that would just control it all. And so Balsafar Hutmire, is arrested and he's burned to death. And while he's being executed, his wife is actually watching him. And his wife is exhorting him while she wants her husband to be burned to death. And later, his wife being faithful, faithful to God, she too is taken imprisoned and killed by God. So why bring up these two people? Well, see these people, and many people like them, they believed in freedom in Christ. To the world, and when you look at somebody who's been imprisoned, when you look at somebody who's been put to death, the world would say, That is weak. But because of these people and many, many people like them, we got freedom like we do today. There's not just one church controlling it all. God's power was made perfect in their weakness. In retrospect, my uh, pursuit of ministry. And now the realization of it uh, is completely new to God. I may have been made literally weak because of the injuries. May have been made literally weak because of the emotional turmoil, the anger, the, the bitterness. But through that weakness, I became stronger than I ever imagined. I acknowledged I was weak. It's okay to you weak. Acknowledge that you are weak, and God will make you strong. The strength not from you, but from God. See, true strength is possible when we acknowledge our weakness. When we acknowledge that we need God's grace. I can't help but think, as I think many of you can't help but think of it. it's Jesus, obviously. So the world then will view him as weak. Jew from a small town. The Jews not even being a big population of people, anyway. Weak. Rome but strong. Jesus being beaten, mocked, killed, but on the cross. The world would say, weak. Eventually, he died. The world would say, weak. any of those? any earthly mind, any earthly person looking at it, Jesus would say, wow, what a weak person. But that's not what we see. That's not what we see. We see power made perfect in weakness. And that same power can be made perfect So if you want to be perfected, even though you are weak, you can come down so as we stand and say. Thank you, Thank you.